Um, guys, this is our time. Um, this is one of the most important times of our day. Uh, to if not the most important time aside from prayer which we what we do here is is that we read prayerfully through scripture that's the whole purpose we read prayerfully um through scripture and so we want to spend time in the reading of scripture and then after i read um i'll spend some time ranting the whole purpose of this time that we spend together i want to make sure you guys understand this that what we're doing is called the read and rant so I want to say welcome to the read and rant. And what we essentially do is we spend time in reading the scripture. And then after that, you get to in, you get to endure me ranting uh, for however long I'm afforded. I don't know how much time I have today, but I'm going to go as long as I can, um, given that I have other obligations. I have a class to teach right after this. But this is what I will say. This is our time in the word. I believe it's one of the most critical uh, times. And if you incorporate that time along with prayer, it is the most important time of your day. It's your time that you you get to sit with God in the presence of God and have a conversation with God through his word. Often when we read the word, we read it like it's a textbook. We don't read the word like a textbook. We read the word uh, as a letter when we read it from a meditational posture. And so we want to prayerfully read through the word and to hear what God has to say. And as I read this, I want you asking three questions as we pray. These are the three questions I want you to be asking yourself as we engage in the reading of the word today. I want you to ask, what is God revealing concerning himself? What is God revealing concerning himself? The second question I want you to be asking is, what is God revealing concerning people? And the third question I want you to ask is, what is God revealing concerning me or you in your case? So you're going to be asking yourself this. What is God revealing concerning me? Because the scriptures also discern our thoughts and our intentions. And so we want to do that because when we posture ourselves that way, we give an opportunity for God to speak as we read his word. Okay. We give, we give him an opportunity to speak as we read his word. So I have nothing planned today. I'm just asking those three questions. And then after that, we're just going to engage and so we've gone through now Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, and now we're in Philippians. And we've done that within nine weeks, spending 20 to 30 minutes a day. So guys, it's, it's, I'm here to show you that you can get through the entire New Testament with just a discipline and with just disciplining yourself in the word. And in, in just over two months, we got, we've gotten through most of the New Testament, just spending 20 to 30 minutes a day reading. Okay, um, so let's get right to it. Um, we're going to go to Philippians chapter one, Philippians chapter one. And um, we want to hear from God. We want to hear from God. We want to hear what the Lord has to say as we read this. But we're going to read all the way till 830. Um, so let's pray. Father, I, I ask, Lord, as we've all engaged together, Lord, to hear your word. We've got people from all around the world right now. Lord, engaging in this moment to hear what you have to say. Lord, I come here with no preparation except, Lord, to position myself and to posture myself before you as your child. Lord, to hear, Lord, what you, our Father, has to say to us. So, Lord, speak to us. Lord, convict us where we need conviction. Lord, encourage us where we need encouragement. Strengthen us, Lord, where we need strength. Empower us, Lord, so that we may be able, Lord, to navigate through the difficulties of our day, through the challenges of our day, with the boldness that only your spirit can bring. 
with the awareness, Lord, that can only be brought by the spirit of grace, that we may move in your power. And we ask that in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's get right to it, y'all. Philippians chapter one. Father, speak to us. Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Just as it is right for me to think this of you because I have you in my heart in as much as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers with me of grace. For God is my witness how greatly I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ and this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in the knowledge and in all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. So that it is become so that it has become evident to the whole palace garden, to all of the rest, that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ, even from strife and envy, and some also from goodwill. The former preach Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my chains, but the latter out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this I rejoice, yes, and will rejoice. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ. According to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always. So now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I cannot tell. For I'm hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith, that your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you again. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So that whether I come and see <clears throat> and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel and not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation that from God 
For to you, it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which you saw in me and now here is in me. Therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out, not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Jesus Christ, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at that name of G at, the, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. And that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Holding fast to the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Yes, and if I am being poured out a, as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. For the same reason, you also be glad and rejoice with me. But I trust in the Lord to send Timothy to you shortly that I also may be encouraged when I know your state. For I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state for all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ Jesus. But you know his proven character that as a son with his father, he served with me in the gospel. Hmm. Therefore, I hope to send him at once as soon as I see how it goes with me. But I trust in the Lord that I myself shall also come shortly. Yet I consider it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker and fellow soldier, but your messenger and the one who ministered to my need, since he was longing for you all and was distressed because you have heard that he was sick. For indeed he was sick almost unto death, but God had mercy on him. And not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I sent him the more eagerly, that when you see him again, you may rejoice and may be less sorrowful. Receive him, therefore, in the Lord with all gladness and hold such men in esteem because the work of Christ, because of, because for, sorry, verse 30, because for the work of Christ, he came close to death 
not regarding his life, to supply what was lacking in your service toward me. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs. Beware of evildoers. Beware of mutilation. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks that he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so circumcised the eighth day and the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that is through faith in Christ, the righteousness, which is from God by faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may hold, sorry, not that I may have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Wow. Brethren, join in following my example. And note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. For many walk, of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly await for the Savior the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lower or lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Therefore, my beloved and long for brethren, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, beloved. I implore you, Eudea and I implore Syntyche uh, to be of the same mind in the Lord. And I 
urge you also, true companion, help those women who labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue in If there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. Verse 10, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. That though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I've learned that whatever state I am, to be content. <laughs> I know that I'm a base, and I know I know how to be a base, and I know how to abound everywhere. And in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, who strengthens me. Nevertheless... You have done well that you shared in my distress. Now, you Philippians, know also that in the beginning of the gospel, which departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am Full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, but especially those who are of Caesar's household. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Amen and amen. Ah, Lord, speak to us in this time, Lord. Have your way with us, Lord God. Speak through us. Participate with us, Lord. I thank you for your word. For your word is spirit. Your word brings life. Your word is food. And we thank you. Lord, even as I engage right now, Lord, I sense a great need to encourage So encourage through me, Father. And I ask that in your name. Amen. Um, I I can, I want to say this before I even begin. There's a, 
there's a heavy weight. I sense a heavy weight, even as I'm reading this. Um, there's a heavy presence, even as I'm reading this. And as I mentioned before to you, is whenever I read the word of God, I'm always looking to engage with him. I'm engaging with him. So as I'm reading, I'm having a conversation with God. I'm conversing with God while I'm reading the text. Because I'm not looking just to understand every nuance of the text. I'm looking to hear what God has to say. That's my intention. Is to hear what the Lord has to say. So I'm asking this question. What, Lord, are you saying concerning yourself? What are you saying concerning your people? And what are you saying concerning me? And so there's so many things here that God is saying, and I'm only given so much time, but I want to say this, guys. Be encouraged. Be encouraged because some of you may feel disempowered and you may feel like, man, I can't. I can't do this Christian walk and I can't read this word. And I, it's so much. Guys, for those of you who have been with me from the beginning, nine weeks ago when we started reading through the Bible, and now we've read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians. And now we've read through Philippians. And what I hope is happening as you're reading this is you're beginning to see a transformation that occurs in the supernatural power of God's word. Not just reading little pieces of scripture and, you know, slicing and parsing through it, but to 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 encounter the 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 power, the manifold grace, the power of God as you read the word. It empowers you. Jeremiah says his words are spirit, they are their joy and rejoicing of our heart. And so I want to encourage you in that. I want to encourage you in that. This last chapter is, it goes in the, um, the chapter four of Philippians. It goes in, in my Mount Rushmore of chapters. Um, it's, it's one of my favorite chapters. If you, if I, if I pull up my Bible app, you can see, look at this. Okay. Practically like the, the entire, I might as well just highlight the whole thing um, because it is uh, one of my favorite chapters. Yes, Christelle, there's a shift happening even right now. Something's shifting for those of you who are watching right now. Something is shifting in you. There's something shifting. I, I feel a shift and, and I, I want to move in that. So I'm going to dwell in that. I'm going to continue to move in that. Because I believe in the power of the word and what it does. Paul gives one of the most encouraging conclusions to scripture. I mean, of all the letters that he writes, this is probably the most encouraging of texts. His clothes is, is so encouraging. I mean, we got we got all kind of highlights from this. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Ooh, that's encouraging. Paul's letter to Philippians. 
And then finally, brethren, whatever is pure, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is just, whatever is worthy of praise, whatever is admirable, whatever is of good report, dwell on those things, meditate on those things. And then he then goes into how we are to be motivated by our generosity. Paul is saying, I know what it's like to to not have much and what it's like to have a lot. And I've learned to be content, to learn contentment. Oh, and then he says, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and his glory in Christ Jesus. Oh, all this is encouraging. It's incredibly encouraging. But let's put some context to this. Paul is writing this letter. Most likely Paul is in, uh, it's believed that he's in Rome. And the reason why we believe that he was in Rome is look at how he closes the, the, the chapter. He says, greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren who are with me greet you and the saints greet you, especially those who are of Caesar's household. Remember when we read in Acts, for those of you who have journeyed with us, remember when we were reading at the end of Acts, how Paul was in captivity for years. Um, and then he's, and then he's, he, he gets on a ship and he, he goes across to Rome and then he's in captivity in Rome where he, he's in house arrest essentially in Rome, a prisoner in Rome. And he knows that for any reason, he could just face his death. He's seen many of his other fellow compatriots die for the sake of the faith. And so Paul is writing this word of encouragement, but Paul is writing this word in chains. He's writing this letter in chains. He's encouraging people in chains. He's He's revealing this richness of who Christ is and who Christ is for him and who Christ is for them. And he's encouraging them in the gospel in chains with nothing. Paul is a prisoner. And yet he's writing as a free man. Uh, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. How? How can you encourage someone in bondage? How can you encourage someone in prison? How do you encourage and proclaim freedom when you aren't free? You're in chains. You're in prison. But Paul tells us how this is possible. He says the reason why is he says, I know what it's like to have a lot. And what it's like to have a little bit. He knows what it means to be abased and he knows what it means to abound. But he says everywhere, location, in all things, 
status. I've learned even when I'm full or when I'm hungry to be content. Contentment has nothing to do with what's happening to you. Happiness is a choice. Joy is a choice. Contentment is a choice. Who? And yet contentment is a power. It's a power that you have. It's a it's an ability that you have. You know what I find odd is how there are people who have much and yet they're depressed. And there are people who have very little and yet they're happy. We've been all on this pursuit of happiness. And in America, because we're so rich in America, we have every access to the things that we believe that will make us happy. We have the freedom of choice. But what is happening now is, is that money is revealing to us, for those of us who have it, having money, having food on the table, having all these things doesn't make us happy. It just gives us options. And because it gives us options, somebody lied to us. Because money gives us power. Money gives us control. Money gives us ability. Money gives us options. But now with all the money we have, we've got no joy. We have no joy. I'm going to say something that's going to really, really maybe make some people feel a little bit uncomfortable. But the places of greatest anxiety are the places of greatest wealth. The most anxious people in the world are the most wealthy. We need to cancel this lie that happiness comes from knowledge, information, and money, and power, and good looks. We need to stop buying this lie because Instagram lies to us every day. TikTok lies to us every day. We buy the lie, we chase the lie, we go after the lie, but this is Paul who's in prison, who's got no money, who's alone, who's by himself. And yet Paul, even in his suffering, has joy. And we're still chasing happiness. Oh yeah, we've given the freedom 
to pursue life, to pursue liberty, to pursue happiness. And yet we've pursued it and can't find it. America is quickly becoming one of the most anxious and depressed places in the world. And yet it's one of the most wealthy. A statistic showed not too uh, long ago, I was reading another statistic that Japan is now considered the most depressed Mm -hmm. nation in the world, Japan. But for all this beautiful lights and all the sky rises and all the technology and all of the wealth and all this stuff, Japan experiences the highest suicide rates in the world. I'm saying this because here's a man who for all of us here would say we have nothing. He has no reason to encourage anyone. He's got no reason to encourage anybody. This man is locked up. He's in prison. He almost died on his way there. He gets there. He's sitting there and he's he, he's got no he's far from anyone he knows. He can only send letters out. He doesn't even get to send text messages. He's around a whole bunch of people he doesn't know. And yet the scripture closes at the end of Acts. If you go back to Acts at the end of Acts, when he's in when he's in Rome, it just tells us that he was in the home and people would show up and he would just preach the gospel to them. All he had was the gospel. All he had was Jesus. And this man encouraged people. The word encourage doesn't mean to make yourself feel better. Because actually the issue that we have is actually fear. I feel the Lord is just leading me in this direction, so I'm just going to go there. We're afraid. We're afraid of the future. We're afraid about what's going to happen next. We're afraid about whether or not our 401ks are going to drop. We're afraid about our retirement. We're afraid about whether or not we're going to be able to support ourselves later on down the line. We're afraid that Social Security is about to shut down. We're afraid that the coronavirus is going to kill us. We're afraid that we have fear. We have fear. We have fear. We have fear. 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 We're afraid. We're scared. We don't know what's going to happen with the government. We don't know what's going to And so all this fear steals and robs our joy robs our peace and yet to encourage is to take fear and to defeat it with courage it's courage in and courage I say this because there are people right now who don't know why they're so anxious they're anxious Because they've already created a narrative of defeat later on down the line. It's not that you can't eat today. You got everything figured out today. We're weeping, anxious, but we're living in air conditioning and running water. And yet there are children on the other side of the world who may not eat a meal today. But they're going to make the most of the day. They're going to run and they're going to play and they're going to enjoy the day because life in and of itself is an incredible gift. 
An even greater gift than that is the revelation of Christ in your life. We've been given an even greater privilege to know that we have a life that's everlasting. In Christ Jesus, we have a, a, a greater privilege to know that God has something greater in store for us. And Paul is speaking here in this letter and saying, I'm talking within this corporeality, but this corporeality is an eternity for me. There's a better thing on the other side for me. I'm here for the sake of encouraging you. Oh, when you know the future is better. And that's the thing, believers of Jesus Christ. Why do we live in fear of the future when we are given a guarantee that the future is better? Why are we so afraid of what's going to happen when we know what happens later is better? We anticipate better things. Christ, who's already won the victory. Christ, who has given us the confidence that he's going to establish his throne, establish a new heaven, establish a new earth, that we will live in eternal peace with him. If that's what we believe, then what do we have to be afraid of? And if we can conquer our fear, church, oh, then we would find joy. Paul is locked up in prison. No money, nothing. He says, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. He's saying, listen, you might want a lot of things, but God never holds back from what you need. He will hold back from what you want. But he won't hold back from what you need. And sometimes we're still holding on to things we want. And God's saying, I want to give you what you need. Because what you need is so much better than what you want. And Paul, I like how you said that when... Um, and somebody just said, this walk isn't easy. Paul even says it in Philippians chapter three. He says, he says, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. He's saying, I ain't all the way there yet. I'm still working through this. This is a Paul who's encouraging. And he's saying, listen, I know you're still working this out. I am too, but this is the one thing I do. Watch this now. Paul's saying, I ain't there yet. Still working on it. Still working to attain this goal. Not to say that I've gotten there. But this one thing I do, I forget that which is behind me. And I reach forward to that which is ahead of me. Toward what? The upward call of God in Christ Jesus. <sighs> Our entire lives would change when we make Christ the goal. Our entire lives would change if we would make Christ the goal. If Christ was the goal, our life would change. Not marriage, because you get there and realize it's not as good as you thought. Not money, because you get your first million and now you feel like you need another one to be happy. Not 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 titles. Not followers, not not whatever. Not going viral on your first video. You went viral, now what? <laughs> None of it will make you happy. That's the reality. 
But when Christ is the goal, like when Christ is the goal, man, you know what kind of freedom that is? It's the kind of freedom that gives you the ability to encourage somebody who's even in a better state than you are. You know, I found it funny for me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a little story. It's, it's about three years ago when we were starting our ministry. God was calling us to start a ministry. Um, I'm sure my wife is on here. So she, she, you know, she knows I tell this story all the time because I pray it, it'll encourage somebody. We started a ministry and, um, but I had a job and they pulled out on me right when we launched and I had um, taken some time off to get the ministry going. Long story short, we ran out of money <laughs> at the launch of the, our ministry. We launched the font and we ran out of money. Ran out of money. And two weeks later, when I say ran out of money, I hope you don't, you, you understand what I mean by that. We, we had no money. Okay. My bank account had $12 in it. And I get a call from a ministry leader who said, uh, I need you to come to London with me on, a, on an engagement. I said to him, uh, I just can't do that right now. My light bill, my light's about to get cut off. We're trying to figure out where we're going to go. Cause I don't know if I should leave the kids in the house with no power and no water. Um, I got to figure out what we're going to do here. And long story short, he says, no, we, we want to go. We'll, we'll pay the expenses. We need you. We need you out there. And so I went, you're from London. That's awesome, Andrea. Um, and I went, I went to London with a $10 bill in my pocket. I'm, I, I wish I was exaggerating. I went to the bank. I pulled out $10. And I kid you not, I was terrified. Because I knew once I got there, if anything goes down, I'm done. I got $10. That's not even, that's not even 10 pounds. Like the title is like five, a little over five pounds. But they said they cover my, you know, my food. And they would cover my my trip, my travel. And so I went with $10 in my pocket. And I remember getting there. And when I got there, I was making all these incredible ministry connections. Um, I actually, hey, Liz, that's what, you know what's funny about that? I actually decided, you know what? I'm going to fast because that way I'm not mad. <laughs> I'm going to fast. So that way I'm not mad that I can't eat anything when I'm in London. Um and so I got there and I began to make all these connections with all these incredible people. And, you know, I'm getting, and the crazy thing about it was, I mean, I get to like, I got to the tube and I'm like, how do I get on the tube? Because I don't have any car to get on the tube. And I'm like, what am I going to do? And literally some angel would just walk by and say, do you need any help? I'm like, yeah, I need help. I don't know how to get on the tube. He's like, well, you need to get, uh, 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 you know, you got to get the pass. And he's explaining the pass. He's like, do you have a card? I'm like, no, I don't. I don't have a card. And he saw this, the, the trepidation and just confusion. And he goes, don't worry about it. I got you. And he literally just bought me uh, a month pass. He went, boop, gave me a month pass. And I was like, oh, wow. I can, I can walk all around London. I can go all over London. I went everywhere. That's all I could do. That's all I had the money for. But he gave me a monthly pass. 
And I was like, great. I can, I can move around. I got to the hotel. We checked in and, uh, they had already, you know, set everything up. I just gave my name. They gave me the card and I'm in a five star hotel in Brompton. I see Bentleys and Ferraris and I'm like, man, these people eat good out here. And I see all, like, I see all this wealth. And here I am with, you know, I'm in this fancy hotel and it's beautiful and it's amazing. And I'm walking out and I'm literally in the center of London. Like this is one of the most amazing places in the world. And then I began to see spiritually the depression, the anxiety, the lack. And here I am, a guy who's got no money, nothing. And I had two random people just come up to me and ask me, hey, um, where are you from? And I'm like, oh, I'm from Fort Lauderdale. And they look at me confused. I'm like, Miami. They're like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I would just get into conversation. People who were wealthy, coming out of cars that cost more than my my house or where I stay. And I began to encourage them to pray for them. I was giving words of encouragement and words of wisdom to them. And they're like, man, I just wish I had the peace you had. And it was then that I realized how wealthy I was. That my wealth has no measure. Did you hear me, family? You can't measure my wealth. I am the wealthiest man in the world because God's currency is joy. How do I know that? The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These, this is God's currency. And if I can have more of that, I've got everything I need. Whew. I don't wait for people to announce who the richest man in the world is. I am the richest man in the world. Because my prize, I already have the prize. It's Christ. My prize is Christ. My hope is Christ. My joy is Christ. And the reality is, is all the angry people, and this, this goes out to all the angry atheists and the angry religious people and the angry folks who are like, man, is, is, I say, you know what? You can talk all you want. One thing you can't do is you can't steal my joy. You can't steal my peace. You can't steal. If you want a little bit of what I got, come over here. I got it for you because my peace and joy is unlimited. This is the peace that Paul is talking about. He's talking about the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Jesus is the prize. He's always the prize. The great, they say that the greatest day or the most memorable day in your life or the most important days in your life are the day that you were born and the day you discover your purpose. Here's the truth. I don't see the difference between the two. I might make a TikTok with that. They say that the greatest, that the two greatest moments in your life are the day you were born and the day you discover your purpose. 
And for me, there's no difference. Because the day I discovered my purpose was the day I was born. The scriptures tell us, for we were once dead in our trespasses. But the moment that I realized that who I am, I am in Christ. I can't lose. You can't lose when you know who you are in Christ. You cannot lose. You cannot. You can't lose. When you're in Christ, all you can say is, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You can say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. There's no losing when you're in Christ. He is the prize. And so Paul's saying, I'm forgetting that which is behind me and I'm reaching forward to that which is before me. He's not reaching for money. He's not reaching for a husband. He's not reaching for a title. He's not reaching for position. He's not reaching for a promotion. He's reaching for Christ. He's reaching for Christ because now in Christ is the motivation. My marriage is to glorify him. My job is to glorify him. My business is to glorify him. My profile is to glorify him. And all things you do, you do it for the glory of God. That's where your joy comes from. Real joy comes from giving glory to Christ. Because that was your purpose. That is why you exist. And that's why we need to be renewed. That's why we need to be restored. Now we understand what Paul is saying. Notice I'm going backwards here. Now we understand what Paul is saying when he says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he humbled himself and made himself of no reputation. Ah, Jesus has humbled himself for the sake of unifying you and reconciling you to him. Jesus was always the prize. Jesus was always the prize. Christ was always the prize. (sighs) There's somebody right now who's discouraged. Because your marriage isn't going the way you want it. Because the money isn't isn't stacking up the way you would like it. And because you haven't gotten the things that you... you I want to I tell you right now, you have everything you need if you have Jesus. You have everything you need when you have Christ. You have a joy that's unspeakable. You have a peace that surpasses understanding. No one will understand it, but you got it. And the reality is, is people will envy your joy. They will envy your peace. They will say, I want a little bit of what he's got. Let me have more of what she's got. Christ is the prize. And that's why I can be anxious about nothing. That's why I can pray in everything. That's how now I can dwell on whatever things are pure and true and noble and admirable. This is, this is how we get to enjoy the presence of God as we're closing right now. I, I want you to, to hear me out. I want you to hear me out, fam. Hear me out. Oh, the joy is in Christ. Daniel, Daniel, enjoy Christ. Daniel, I want you to close your eyes, Daniel. I, I want you to receive the embrace of your father. He, he He's not embracing you because you stopped smoking. 
Okay. He's embracing you while you are. <laughs> Ooh, I feel a, an incredible presence over you right now, Daniel. Um, you're going to feel a, an embrace. Receive that embrace. That's your heavenly father who's embracing you. You don't need to come to him with perfection. You don't need to come to him with it all figured out. You don't need to come to him with, well, I stopped smoking now. He wants you the way you are. Let him do the work in you. Ooh, I sense a presence right now. God has this incredible way that he can move. And I see it right now. He wants to embrace you right now. Jesus is the prize. It's not, it's not Christ is the prize. You just have to come before him. You just have to come before him, Daniel. You, you don't need to fix yourself. Whew. Ah, you don't need to fix yourself. Andrea, you don't need to figure it out. You don't need to get it together. You don't need to fix yourself. Okay, you life has already shown you that you can't. Life has already shown you that you can't, Andrea. What's crippling you, Andrea, is your shame and your guilt. That's what's crippling you, Andrea. Every time you've been trying to fix it, it continues to fall apart in your hands. You have guilt for your children. You have guilt in your life, you have guilt over the decisions that you've made. Guilt is crippling you. That's the lie from the enemy. Jesus is your prize. Lord, meet Andrea right where she is right now, Father. Meet Andrea right where she is right now. Father, I pray that you would give her peace, Lord, in her season of anxiety. We command healing right now over her mind. We pray right now that, Lord, you would pour out your spirit upon her. Lord, the spirit of warmth, of affection, that she would receive you. Receive his invitation right now, Andrea. Praise God. Praise God. I, I, I just want to sit in this for a moment. I just want to sit in this with you guys for a moment because the Lord is doing something right here. He's doing a work right here. Receive that word right now. Jesus is your prize. You don't need to win anything else. You don't need to earn anything else. Jesus is your prize. Jesus is your prize. Yes, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. Angelique, don't perform. I know. I know what it's like to let go. It's hard. Just receive Christ. 
Father, we thank you right now, Lord, as you move in this time. Father, we thank you right now that you're giving revelation, Lord, of your gospel. Lord, the peace that surpasses understanding, Lord God, that's provided by your grace. Father, I pray for the spirit of grace right now. Lord, to be imparted upon each and every person in this room right now. Each and every person on Facebook, each and every person on TikTok. Father, I pray right now for the outpouring of your Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, that we would learn contentment in you and in you alone. But Father, I pray, Lord, that you would reveal yourself. Lord, I ask right now for visitation, Lord, that you would visit your children. Visit each and every person who's watching this right now. There's some people right now who are in their cars. There's some people right now who are in their rooms. There's some people right now that are on their kitchen tables. I see people right now, Lord God, who are outside on the porch. Father, I pray right where they are that you would visit them. Lord, meet them, Lord God. Embrace them with your love. That they may experience it and begin to move, Lord. And they begin to move in your affirmation and your affection towards them. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the release right now, for the chains that are being broken. I thank you, Lord, for the chain of idolatry that is being broken. I thank you, Lord, for the chain of self-condemnation that is being broken. I thank you, Lord, for the chain of self-glory is being broken. I thank you, Lord, for the chains that are being broken in this room. And Lord, we command right now every spirit of anxiety, every spirit of lack, every spirit that says I cannot, every spirit spirit, Lord, that t- that seeks to take away peace, that seeks to kill, that seeks to destroy. Father, we come against that right now in the name of Jesus. I pray that you would enter in right now into each and every individual, into their hearts. I pray right now for the impartation of your spirit. I eradicate by the power of your spirit every, Lord, negative word, every demonic force, every spiritual force, Lord, that comes, Lord, to steal, that comes to kill, that comes to destroy them. Father, I pray for the outpouring of your Holy Spirit, that they would have a life once again, Lord God. I pray for the clarity of thought. I pray, Lord, that you would remove the scales. I pray, Lord, that you would remove the veil, the veil that seeks to cloud perception, the veil that seeks to cloud who they are in you, Father. I command right now, in the name of Jesus, the power of God over their life right now, pour out your Spirit, Lord, upon your children.